Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Managed Partners Podcast. I'm Kevin Daisy, your host, also the founder of Array Digital. Today, I have a really cool guest and someone I've been chatting with for a little while now uh, that kind of does something similar to what we do. Uh, he's in the marketing space. And so we're bringing him in here today to chat about strategy with your marketing for your law firms and give you some insight. So, Andrew, welcome to the show and thanks for spending some time with us today. Thanks, Kevin. So, uh, Andrew, first question, just like I would ask an attorney, tell us about yourself. What's your background? What brought you to running your own marketing firm and, and, and brings you here today? Sure. So it's been kind of a long road where I've, I've been in marketing for a long time now, where I started out in e-commerce and those sort of areas, which are hyper competitive. You're always competing with Amazon or eBay or enormous, enormous players and the margins are thin but the feedback loops were quick. So you'd spend your money today and you'd know how much product you sold or didn't sell and which campaigns worked or didn't. And then in about around 2016, I I got involved with legal advertising and then I found my way inside of Morgan and Morgan and was there for three years as their director of paid advertising. So I kind of jumped right into the deep end with legal advertising, got to spend a lot of money, find out what works, what doesn't for most types of cases and really get visibility and was really grateful for that opportunity. And then after about three, three and a half years left to make my own agency with another partner who was there at the time, who was the director of engineering. And we've kind of developed ways to like make a good mousetrap to acquire clients. And with legal marketing, you know, it's, it, it's a little bit different than <laughs> e- e-com where most of the advice you'll get is geared towards uh, selling products, uh, but with services where the feedback loops are slower and so are the learning curves. And a lot of times the advice out there is not great because uh, most advertisers in space don't go full loop, um, find out what works and doesn't. Yeah, which I think, you know, brings us to the topic we'll be discussing today is strategy and how important that is. Uh, because, yeah, you don't, you can't just go day by day and uh, you need time and, and certain things take a lot more time. So it's all about the, the strategy up front and, and making sure you have a good solid strategy. You're updating that strategy over time, uh, but that's super important. And so uh, Andrew is a mean pug. Uh, meanpug.com is at the bottom of your screen if you're watching. If not, it's just meanpug.com uh, if you're on the audio version, but check them out. Andrew's based out of uh, New York and Morgan and Morgan, where he came from, which I, I see their billboards. I was just down in Florida seeing some employees and some clients, some law firms down there. And I saw the Morgan and Morgan billboards, you know, everywhere, <laughs> but they tell themselves as you know, the largest law firm in the country and like size matters. And John Morgan's got an amazing book out there called Cat Can't Teach Hungry which I've dropped on the podcast before here, any attorney listening or someone that runs a law firm, the administrator, the managing partner, a great book by John Morgan on how to run a successful law firm. And it's actually, it's good for any business owner. It doesn't matter if you're a law firm or not, but uh, 
is specific to law firms. So check that out as a as a tip. So Andrew, strategy, and that's something we talk about a ton here. And actually, the only way we start with the client, we don't skip that step, and we almost purposely delay work with the client. So we have time to do strategy, to do an audit, to, to kind of figure out their unique situation, their market, what's going to be effective. And then, then we do the work once we kind of have that ironed out. So I think a lot of times, well, I know a lot of agencies and me and you've got a chat before, a lot of agencies just go, yeah, we can sell you these services. Boom, let's jump right into it. And most agencies do that and they're, they get the sale and they might have the lowest price and they can sell you this and that, but what, what's really the strategy behind it and how important that is and all the information that's out there about do this, try that, this is new, you know, and, and I think attorneys are probably bombarded with all these things that they can do, but what's, what's right for them? Like what makes sense? And so I'll let you kind of kick off um, the conversation with that part, but for different attorneys, different practice areas, different cases, strategy, how it's important and how do you figure out what's best for them? Yep. So there's a few ways to back into it and the easiest ones are going to be around uh, the case types the firms take. So a personal injury firm and a mass tort firm might have very different strategies, but even within personal injury, uh, you might have a volume firm that is willing to take a wider criteria uh, on the same types of cases and a trial lawyer who's only going to want maybe commercial policies and the most severe of injuries. And the approach you take is going to be wildly different for, for those two types of firms, even though they're both the same exact case type. The same is going to be said for two volume PI firms, uh, depending on their size and their budget. A big firm is going to likely do better spending a lot of money in traditional media and doing a branded approach. Whereas if a small firm attempted to do the same thing, uh, they would run out of capital faster uh, th than uh, anything would happen on the case acquisition side. So yeah, they wouldn't make much impact and they'd still spend a boatload of money. That they probably wouldn't have to even start the campaign in the first place. So it's a, a lot of the strategy is going to be dictated by the budget, the temperament of the managing partners and owners of the firm, the case types they're taking, and the criteria on the cases uh, specifically. So in general, the case types that are more well-known, um, you're going to need a branded funnel because you want people to select you as a firm prior to even doing searches. That being said, search works extremely effectively for case types that are well-known. So motor vehicle accidents or any sort of asbestos litigation there's a high search volume because you've got decades of TV advertisements bombarding people and they know that exists. Same is true for divorce or any area where people know that there are attorneys in that case type. Some examples that people don't know yet necessarily might be like first party insurance disputes where you, you could rank number one on Google all you want for a lot of those terms. Um, <laughs> but people don't search them. So maybe search would not be the greatest strategy. And uh, that that is kind of a perfect example. Or like the and, Cantwell June, uh, when that first came out, you know, yep. like the, the, the firms are, they're driving that, you know, message that say, hey, 
if you were there, you know, reached out to us and they kind of created that demand, yep. which now there is search volume, but it's, it had to be created first. Yep. And for those cases that there's a limited number, like the mass torts, uh, like Camp Lejeune or talcum powder or any of these uh, medical devices or pharmaceutical cases, there's a fixed pool of cases. And even if you rank really well on search and there, there are firms that they do that where they rank really well and they do extremely well as firms, but the cost per case goes up over time and the pool of cases isn't available won't be available. And so a lot of it is like a first mover advantage and getting into the case early and making sure that you have a good criteria that's loose enough to, to sign people, uh, but not strict enough where you turn people down who later on may have fit the criteria. So a lot of it is going to be timing too for cases that are going to have a limited pool of people. No, that's uh, all good points there. And, uh, and as far as back to the, the branding and Way better if you, if they already know about you before they do the search, that's amazing, right? Cause then when you, if you still show up in search, whether or not they search for your name, then they assign that, oh, I actually, okay. I've heard of them and they, they assign that trust or they, you know, that brand recognition. If you don't have that, then they're just, you're just on the list. Hopefully if you show up at all. So definitely makes a big impact if done those things and, and spent that time and energy versus someone that's like, Hey, I had to start my law firm. And I just want to show up number one for Google. Yeah. That's, for one is a lot of work in that by itself, but you have to build the building blocks and have the, the right foundation for, for all this to work for you to hire us. You can't just have none of that, you know, ever started or in place or no strategy to, or think, you know, it doesn't matter. So uh, really good point. So back to the, another thing we were talking about backstage, right? Was maybe the different attorneys that maybe tuning in right now, you got the attorneys that are established and they want to be very specific on what they want to go after. They're, they're willing to put the time and strategy in to do the brand. And, you know, for us, it's the SEO content strategy. That's going to take some time to build up and all that good stuff versus I need phone calls today. And that's the spot we're in. And maybe we can talk about, you know, the different approaches that they could take if they're in that situation. Yep. So every type of marketing and advertising is going to have a timeline that you want to look at for the duration with which you should look at the return on investment. So SEO is something you're going to look at. The dollars you're putting in today are going to have impact for years. So the calculation for ROI is actually much more difficult. While some forms of advertising, if it is a direct response campaign, you're putting in dollars today and you'll know within 30 to 90 days how many cases you got, what's your cost per case. You're gonna have a rough idea on the quality of case. So you'll, you'll back into an average fee income per case and you'll be able to say for every dollar I spent, I'm going to make $6, 18 months from now uh, when, when, when these cases resolve. Um, in a lot of ways, that is the short-term investment where you're investing today to get money back 18 months from now uh, when the cases resolve and some of them will resolve sooner pre-lit uh, then there's the medium term where let's say you're investing today in building your referral network. You're going out, you're going to events, you're going to all of these things that boost your reputation and you're going to get referrals back from firms. A guy you talk to today might not even send you a referral for six months, but he's going to send you one in six months. He may send you one a year later. He, you know, so maybe the, get to two or three or four. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that relationship lasts a lifetime. So 
doing the correct calculations on ROI for that sort of marketing, again, is just much more difficult and is a more long-term approach. So if you looked at the calculation where you went to an event that cost you $5,000 to go and you didn't get any cases that month, you're not going to look at it as wasted money. You're going to look at the connections you made from it and you're, you're going to back into different KPIs. And then there is the longest term, which is your brand. And a lot of things can go into brand. Uh, part of that could be your website, having a really nice website and having differentiation on your website um, calculating the timeline on that incredibly long. Uh, it, it might be 30 years from now where you're still reaping benefits of something you did today. The same thing is true of SEO where it's, it's very, the timelines are very long. So you don't want to hire an agency for a month for SEO and see whether or not your, your rankings did better. It, it, what Kevin or I, or any other agency would do today is not, you're not going to see the impact immediately for a vast majority of things. There might be some UI changes on the site that improves conversion rate and you immediately see a pop, but the long-term benefits from SEO will be much more long-term. And the same can be true of some types of advertising. Some types of advertising aren't direct response where you're not running an ad for Camp Lejeune and getting phone calls today. It is more of a branded approach. And there are a lot of really great examples of this, of attorneys having ads where they're with their family or with their dog, and they want you to get to know them as a person. The ROI and the impacts of that are much more long-term. And oftentimes it's a better investment than the direct response, but there is a smaller pool of people that can stomach um, the, the time durations required for an investment like that. Yeah, I think, the other, yeah, so that's a very good point. And, and yeah, yeah, I know even as before I was in legal marketing, I know the firms in my region that just, I mean, everyone knows who they are. They, they've been pounding away at, at the long term for so long. Billboards everywhere, TV, you don't even need a lawyer and you know they exist. And, um, and for a firm to be like, oh, I want that. Like, you know, they're spending hundreds of thousands a month consistently for 20, 30 years. Like, you can't just come in and, and say, let me do the same thing. Unless you got some major investors, I guess. But so to understand what it really takes to be that and do you want that? Can you afford that? You got to start where you, where you can. And that's where, you know, having a strategy because you need some short term while you're also working on that long term. You don't, you know, it's almost like um, I use this analogy, uh, Andrew, is I don't want to invest in crypto and I haven't put any money into my tax savings advantage, things like 401k or um, like a Roth IRA. Like if I have a 401k with my, with my company with matching, I'd want to fill that up first. You don't want to go on the short-term risky stuff and not have, you know, the sure, the sure things set up. So it's really coming up with that. Okay. What, what do we need to do now to get your phone ringing to make those improvements? And then meanwhile, still have the funds to invest for the long term and make sure you're getting those long-term results. And hopefully maybe you can stop the, the short-term stuff, the, the ads and, and maybe not have to put a dollar and get two back. So. Yeah. I, I think one of our clients says it best where he wants, he wants a few base hits before he, he, he swings for a home run. And I, yeah. I, I think it's the right approach uh, where, where you have some investments. Part of your monthly budget is for short-term part is for the medium term and part is long-term and just managing those expectations, uh, knowing your goals for each of those campaigns being different things 
is yep. incredibly important. And just having that long-term focus is really the only way you're going to get there. All, all the firms that are big today, they didn't start that way. They, they started most of them as solos or a partner with between two or three folks. Um, so all of them though have one thing in common and it is that they invested in advertising that is like long duration or marketing that is long duration and they were successful doing so. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that was a good way you put it there with the, uh, you know, some, I want some, uh, some base sets first. Hey, you know, a lot of clients, a client might approach us. Uh, I'm sure they do the same to you is that, you know, they might not want to go all in with everything that we we would suggest, um, but they want, let's see some success. Let's work in some of these areas first. And then we're, and then we're more in and we can pull more, put more investment into you guys. And that's totally reasonable to say, Hey, let's, let's maybe get a new site. Let's do some advertising. Let's do these things. And then we're willing to, to put more into this. And, and that's totally cool to uh, have an agency prove themselves to show that they're going to spend the time they're committed to you. I and mean, it's going to be a good relationship before you go all in, but definitely be able to, you know, work on what Andrew just said. You want to have a little bit, each of those things going, have different expectations for each, make sure you set goals, make sure the agency you're working with knows what those goals and strategies are. And that they're having, I think really too, like having those conversations, like, Hey, we sent you some leads or we see some leads. How were they? Were they the right leads? Uh, you said you wanted to grow your criminal defense side or in DUI. But then you just asked us to, to start working on, you know, reckless driving stuff. Like, is the strategy changing? And sometimes attorneys will be like, oh, oh yeah, you're right. Um, DUIs is our money. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to still focus on on that unless you want to add some something to the strategy. But so think about that kind of stuff as an attorney. Like, where's your money coming in? What do you want to focus on? What's in the strategy? And you want to stick to that strategy. And sometimes, like, with ads, you can make a shift. Now we want to do this or that, but with your long-term stuff, it's really, you know, that's a big shift to say, all right, well, now we just want to switch gears to something else. And you're like right in the middle of a big campaign that's going to take years to, to really get the impacts you want. So, yep. And I think talking uh, to the same points where if you point to things that haven't worked, it's typically going to be a misalignment of strategy and goals where your strategy might be long-term and branded, but the goal associated with it was like immediate um, yeah. cases or, or something along the lines of a direct response campaign. So if, if that is what the client wants, you got to do direct response. If, if they want brand, you got to do brand. And the same thing is around timing where I feel like there are a lot of firms um, that want to jump on the boat when cases are too late and it is usually the case and no one wants to jump when there's risk associated with the case and in their mind the cost per case will always be what they heard it at 10 years ago uh, <laughs> and then when it is a late stage lower risk tort um, it's still in their mind that their friend was getting these for a thousand bucks but you know in 2023 that same case that was a thousand bucks in 2017 it may be two, three, four thousand today. So I think things that fail are typically a misalignment of strategy, poor timing. And then there's just also the concept of you want to start and measure bets small, typically for digital, where you can see if something is working. And if it's working, double down. 
If not, cut it and put your money somewhere good. Um, <laughs> but then there's the, the opposite problem with traditional media where the worst thing you could do is underinvest, where you need to have a good size investment and be able to hold it for a long period of time. So as long as you're hiring um, people that have experience in legal marketing and legal advertising, and they're guiding you in the right way and showing you those time horizons you're going to need to hit the expectations at each moment, as an attorney, you're going to have a better approach. And I think the way you were talking as like an analogy to an investment is the right way where there's going to be some things that are long-term value investments. And there are others that are more cyclical or more risky or um, you just have to know exactly what you're getting into if that's the uh, play you want to make. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. Yeah, uh, 100%. And I think also too, from me, from my standpoint, when I'm talking to a law firm and they're, they're interested in what we do or whatever, and being very candid and really looking at the business side of things. And that I try to bring that to the table, you know, your business, of course, but we have a client, I won't mention them, but they do a couple different things. And they came to me and were like, Hey, uh, you know, I want to talk about this stuff. And we set up a call and I dove in and looked at one practice area that they appeared to really specialize in. And that's it. And when I got on the call and I was showing them a lot of different things, like, Hey, look at this, look at that, your site's in bad shape your seo is like fall off a cliff like bad and they used to dominate and the old tactics that they used to use they just they assume they still work and they continue to say well it just used to be number one it used to be number one used, okay well it's not now and it's bad content spammy it's not good so and but anyway so what they wanted to do is almost abandon that and then they were like well, we're going to try to do some other practice areas that we've kind of just started to dabble in. And I'm like, whoa, stop. Where do you make your money? And they're like, here. I'm like, okay, well, that's what I was here talking about. And you used to be number one. And now you're nowhere to be found. And so you're, you just want to abandon that. And the brand that they had built was all on that practice area. The whole firm was recognized for that. And so they're like, well, we're just going to abandon it. And we're going to go over here. And I was like, let's get you back. You, we can do the best work with this here and get things moving, put money in your pocket. And then if you want to go screw off and do these other things, go ahead and entrepreneurs get bored. We'd like to go do other things. And so talk them into completely what was best for them and say, you're, you're thinking wrong and your strategy is going to destroy you um, and getting them back on the right track. We don't have those conversations. And I think a lot of agencies just kind of take orders. And if you have a salesperson you're talking to, they're not going to, even notice that kind of stuff. They're going to say, oh, okay, you want to do billboards? Yeah, sure. We can say that, you know, have those kind of, your agency should be having those conversations with you. Why are you doing this? Is this the best thing for you? And then we can put together a strategy that would make the most sense. So I don't know if you see that kind of stuff at all, Andrew, but as entrepreneurs and attorneys that run firms are, you know, we like to say squirrel and go different directions and try other things and, and take the focus off really what brings in the the bacon, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I could say uh, we were similar when we first launched an agency. We went in every direction possible. We were full, like full service, serving every type of client. And now we've focused 
primarily like uh, actually completely on legal. And uh, that served us really, really well where we do better work in legal. We understand the vertical very well. We were uh, in-house the largest vendors at the time when we were doing it. We've created a lot of process around it. So focusing in has was probably the largest thing for us in terms of um, doing better work, being successful, having happier clients and just an all around win. So I, I think the same is true for a lot of attorneys where they look at their buddy's firm and the grass is always greener with a digital case yeah. type. And uh, you don't see a lot of the risk associated with it and the opportunity cost uh, of pulling away from it. So it's uh, all of the case types that look shiny today at, at some point weren't, and you're seeing it at the tail end of the cycle because you're seeing the success from the long-term inputs that all the folks did for you know half a decade prior to everyone jumping into it now. <laughs> so I think you're a hundred percent right about that. Yeah. It's, it's again, as entrepreneurs, that's just kind of how we operate and that it's the boring mundane day-to-day -day, same stuff over and over again. That really is what gets us where we want to go. Um, it's just not as exciting sometimes uh, over time, but <laughs> But yeah, 100% right. You know, if you're, you're seeing what someone else is doing or Bitcoin, you know, three years after it, you know, came out, you're like, oh, I'm going to invest in that. Well, you you missed the freaking boat, you know, find something yep. else. But uh, all, all the people that are investing at the top of these things and at the top of torts, they're going to lose doing it. Um, so I think that's a perfect analogy. And that's when most people are interested when, when they see the highs. Yeah. And I, I love to, I, we have some firms that like kind of hyper niche, which is, you obviously have the firms that have like 20 or 30. I got one with like 50 practice areas. Like just, they're, they do it all, right? They're the big firm in town that if you need anything, we got you. And so they, they can't really brand themselves as a specialist in anything. And for the big 100-year firms, they can kind of pull that off because it's like they got the brand name, right? They've, they've put in 100 years with the name. But, and I see these other attorneys like, well, I'm going to add this, I'm going to do that. I can do this and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, they just are never really getting anywhere and they, they start to offer a lot of stuff, but they're not really making money in a lot of the areas. So, but I do see some hyper focuses like a divorce firm, all women that only work with women, super niche focused in Atlanta, right? And that's all they do for women. That's it. Much easier client to work with and get results for as well. When we're like, okay, we know exactly what we're doing, who we're focused on, uh, what the messaging should be, the brand. And so a lot of firms are scared to do that. And we were scared to do that too, just like you said. We didn't always niche in law firms. And to go into a niche late in the game, it feels scary. Like, well, what if what if a med spa calls me? Should I work with them? You know, and so really just saying, you know what? We're going to only do this. Everyone else will refer to someone else. And we got to go all in. We did that a few years ago. But I think, you know, a lot of firms are scared to do that and feel like they're going to turn away potential cases by being super focused on saying they specialize in something. And I think yeah. they'd see just the opposite if they did that. Yeah. I think we have worked with similar clients that are full service firms and they have a really tough time crafting messaging that works for all of them. Like, uh, I, I, yeah. I don't understand how you could have a site <laughs> and cater to both like a dog bite client and... as well as a, a business client. One is being billed on contingency and the other's hourly or retainer like that. You couldn't give any messaging around how you're billing, which is what the personal injury client wants to see. And you can't 
make it look all high touch and fancy, which is what the business litigation client's going to want to see. So you, you run into big issues. And I've seen some firms create separate sites where their contingency business is over here. But then mm-hmm. as a firm, they start running into conflict issues where they have uh, someone as a client and then someone reaching out as a potential plaintiff against <laughs> that client that would be the defendant. So they can't even take the case. So it's it becomes a lot more complicated. It's a lot harder to give differentiation and good branding the, the more you add to it. It, it makes it very difficult and then to expect expect an agency that just does say digital to just do good with that is it's very diff, it's very hard it's not necessarily their fault if they can't get some of the results and it's like yeah you guys do so much i don't even know you know where to focus and and i've talked to a firm i was talking to a firm there's a prospect but they do like 20 30 different things and and so their thing is like well we can't just focus well i mean well seo i can we can just rank you for like this one thing and see how that's working for you guys. And like, Oh, well the other partners are gonna be super mad because they're not getting work on their stuff. And so you, they, you can't even focus on one thing. And I'm like, well, it's not like you're marketing that you do this one thing because with search, you only show up for that when someone's searching for it. So it's not like you're rebranding or telling the world there's more surgical approach, but it's, it's very challenging, I think. And one tip with that for SEO, for those listening, in that regard, if you have multiple websites with the same address and the same firm name, that can be a huge problem with Google choosing which site to rank and which one to derank and getting banned for like Google, your Google profiles. I see that happening a lot right now. They'll just like, oh, we got like five different brands and one for this mass tort over here and one for that. They use the same name, same address, and Google's banning some of that stuff and deranking you. So just something to keep in mind. <laughs> yeah yeah so all good stuff man i appreciate you sharing your perspective we obviously see eye to eye on a lot of the stuff so you know just appreciate sharing and and hopefully everyone has some takeaways you know look at strategy think about long term you can look at the short term things as well and try those out and make adjustments but just make sure you have someone that's that's in it for the long term if, if the ads aren't working or this isn't working that we can pull that out actually meet me and the client next week this thing's not working. Let's re-strategize, pivot, and see what what's going to work best for you. But uh, just partner with someone that's that's got that long-term vision for your firm and and can work through that with you is uh, super important. Well, all that makes sense. And I think one thing to note is that most agencies are are going to give strategies and consultations for free. So you could go get a bunch of different perspectives from people who this is what they do all day long. Some of them might be good, some might be bad, but at least you'll be exposed to seeing at least the differing opinions out there. And it's all like at your fingertips. Agencies are always happy uh, to talk to more people about their proposal for what they do with your brand. And ultimately it's up up to the founding partners and the stakeholders um, for how they wanna invest in their company. So. There's definitely no shortage uh, of people willing to give you their perspective. No, absolutely. There's tons of uh, good agencies out there and people that, work, that help out. So, um, and you, you know, if you're small starting out, there's different levels. You can freelancers or other people to help you out. So, just you know, make sure you're doing things right. Do the strategy. Do the, invest in the time. And uh, one thing you said earlier, I was going to just mention is take in new information, right? So, if you're talking to other agencies or talking to people like us or just trying to figure things out, take in new data. You mentioned Andrew, like. Those attorneys are like, they hold on to what they heard 10 years ago and they still expect that today. Taking new data 
really understand, especially if you have a practice area that you specialize in, understand where it's at in your market. And not just anywhere, but in your market. So if you're in New York versus the middle of Kentucky, that's going to be different for you with what you're doing. So just take in new information, understand, and that way you have the best information going forward when you're, when you're expecting ROI and results that you're not just using old information and then jumping from one agency to the next because they didn't, they didn't do what you wanted them to do. Yep. Totally agree. All right. I'm curious if there's any like new trends or anything you're seeing that's working well, that you feel that there's a first mover advantage on for, for firms these days. Is there anything you're seeing? Um, so you say like a, like first movers, like for like mass tour or for like different tactics and things like that. I was, I was speaking more on the tactics side where sure. like a, you thought of something creative and, and it's, it's so far been, been like a, a, a cool project. So, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we, we play strongly in uh, SEO side, so content development and things like that. What we've seen a lot, well, and you know, we do Google ads and stuff like that as well, but. I know for sure the last month or two, I don't know if you've seen this thing with Google ads specifically, this is one thing that's been down a trend down, but cost has been up and leads have been down across the board uh, that we've seen from the last like month or so. There's a good article actually I just shared with my team internally. I'm not sure if you've seen that, but that's been something and where we've seen just a, a difference in that. As far as on the SEO side, you know, for us, it's really the, the content shift and some of the new Google updates strongly focused on, I guess the, the helpful, it's called the helpful content update from Google. And so how your content is written and how an SEO company might write your, your content. Usually you'll look at it and be like, oh, this is, it's not even legible. It's repetitive and it's just long winded and stuff like that. Well, Google's looking at that saying, Hey, that, that's not that helpful to the user. Uh, and so writing really just good content that's explaining things and it's, it's easy to follow. It's got graphics, infographics, um, things like that. We are really seeing stuff rank quickly, featured snippets being like the number one spots. And so in, in major markets, we're seeing pretty quick uh, results compared to what we have been seeing. And so look at your content, look at your page. If it says DUI attorney like 10 times and all the headings and stuff like that, well, that's spammy content and Google's going to derank that very quickly. So I, I think there's a lot of opportunities for sites, company, uh, law firms to look at some of their top service pages and things like that, evaluate that because a lot of people are getting deranked and you have a good opportunity to, to take some of those spots. The other thing is with your Google business profile, we've been able to get some results within a month for clients in major markets uh, to be first, second, or third, which produces a ton of activity, phone calls, not even from your website, but just straight from your business profile. So really having a look at that, how it's been set up. Have you even touched it in years, the citations to that? So there's a lot of things like that. We've been able to see some really quick uh, movement on, but as far as like uh, other things, what have, what have you seen on, you know, kind of what you guys specialize in? So talking in around a similar topic, uh, we've been playing a lot recently with tooling that is going to make the process easier on our content team. So we've been playing with the AI tooling that makes like changing images better. So you could take images you've taken or even stock images and change it. So it's unique for that particular site. So you're not seeing agencies rip all the same stock photography and yes. one website look like another. So that is one change we thought. It's hard to get the firm cool. to always have new photos or go take them. So Exactly. So, and then the cost associated with all new custom photography is sometimes just out of the budget for most smaller and mid-sized firms. 
So that has been one interesting angle. Interesting. Um, we've been playing a lot with text to speech tooling on the site so that we can convert uh, the pages to have like listening capability. So we're building in widgets like that. It's not easy to see whether those things have like an immediate impact on SEO or something like that, but we just find them cool and interesting as a team to do. Where yeah. I feel like in the coming months, there's going to be a lot of tool sets like that help enable agencies to produce more faster for their clients. So the, the end beneficiaries are, are going to be the firms where the agencies, it's going to make life easier, but the, the firms that are working with good agencies are going to inevitably get higher quality work. Yeah. So one of the big things that we get a lot of questions on and something we've, we got ahead of pretty quickly is AI. So like ChatGPT producing content, right? So, oh, I just use ChatGPT. I can produce content and that can be my SEO. Um, so we've done a ton of research internally. Okay. What does that mean? What does that look like? What does Google think of that? And so we actually, we put together an article that went live like two weeks ago. So if you Google AI content for law firms, I think we're the number one, <laughs> but it's kind of our, you know, you can do it, you can use it, but there's a certain way you want to use it. There's a certain process you need to kind of take that content through. You can't just copy paste and you might get some ranking and then you're going to get a straight fall off at some point. And yeah, it's going to be. be in jeopardy if you just copy paste AI content, but it's there's a way that it can be used and speed up a lot of the processes. And so that's something that we're strongly investing in and looking at as well. It's going to be really interesting to see how Google ends up policing AI produced things because yeah. uh, it, it's going to be very difficult to do that. It is. They've already put out in their last update about it and you can tell it's difficult for them because at first they're like, Oh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to ban that and blah, blah. Uh, the new update was like, well, you know, you can use it, but you need to have some human touch to it. So they've pulled back a little bit because they're probably like, shit, we, we probably can't <laughs> track this forever and, and actually catch everything. So just be wary. There's a lot of plagiarism in it right now. And if we're a law firm, just having them write an article blog about some, you know, yeah, legal I'll all the statements of law in there are going to be wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, so you just got to be careful, especially yeah, what state you're in and what practice area it is. So we can use it for ideas. That's what we're doing. We're not using it for writing the copy. We actually have human writers that write everything for us, but it, it, we're able to use it as leverage and to speed things up, produce ideas, meta descriptions. There's all kinds of useful tools we can do and, and we'll see where that goes. But yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see the next couple of years to, to see how fast it progresses. So, yeah, it's, I think it's definitely going to have a biggest impact on the tooling that is uh, like third-party SaaS products that are going to make a lot of tooling for agencies and advertisers around these things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sky's the limit, I think at this point. Well, Andrew, thanks so much. I know we both have uh, some things to get to, but I appreciate you sharing. Great conversation. Everyone out there, you know, hope you got some good takeaways, strategy, plan, Track these things, make sure you're getting the ROI, but also have a good understanding of uh, what Andrew was saying is what's long-term, what's kind of the medium and what's short-term and make sure you're, you're looking for the right results in those. And uh, if you need any of our help, obviously reach out. You got meanpug.com You can check out Andrew's agency and what they're all about. Of course, if you want to check out the podcast, we have, you know, almost 300 episodes of all kinds of great content. This episode will, of course be included in there. Uh, but you can go to Ray, uh, this is a Ray.com or a RayDigital.com that I'll forward to it to check out all that good content, anything else like that you need. And if you need anything from me, please reach out. Any questions about marketing, 
contact with Andrew, let me know, and I'll make that happen. Andrew, anything else? No, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for chatting, Kevin. Hey, yes, sir. Thanks for joining me. Uh, you can stay on. We'll talk backstage. Everyone else, have a great day, and go grow your law firms. We'll see you soon. We've been recording this podcast free of charge for years. Hopefully, you're getting amazing value out of it. We don't ask for much, but would you do us one favor? Would you tell just one person about this podcast? If you get any value whatsoever, all we ask, and we'd greatly appreciate it, is share the podcast with one person just like you.